Can you hear that? No, motherfucker. Can but you? I will whenever I get to hear it again. My mic is really wet now. <laughs> so wet. <laughs> We are anime. Men of Misfortune, sponsored by Botanicana and Herbal Hemp Company. So for our misfortunate listeners, some of you guys probably noticed how I wasn't in the last episode. I came up with a prayer because I had something I wanted to say with the last episode. So I had to, you know, come up with something. And in this room... Right now, and our listeners are going to stop what the fuck they're doing. They're going to bow their heads, and they're going to fold their fucking hands. You guys ready? Yes. Dear sweet fire anime god in the sky, I wish to apologize for all humankind, for we have failed you. No, I'm not talking about Riley's anger towards Attack on Titan, or the sole fact that Jake was on the last anime episode, or for blessing me with a big fat dick. (laughs) No. We are here to apologize for the bullshit that has been done to Vash the Stampede, the Trigun series. We are not worthy of your grace. For us, not us personally, have fucked up. Such a beloved show. In your great fiery anime name we pray, please strike down Orange Animation Studios for what they have done. In your name we pray, Nani. Nani? Nani? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I... Oh, God. Fucking Zoomer. The point you you were getting to that... Throughout that whole prayer, which I love, by the way, was that I that you were butthurt by that. And it was really funny you fucking say that out of nowhere because I was at a uh, game store today being a fucking anime boy. Being, being a nerd. <laughs> I bought this expansive Berserk game. For <laughs> ungodly reasons, dude. Like this Because game, I know it's going to be worth more money. It came out in 2017 and it's worth 80 fucking dollars. It's nuts. Collecting be like. <laughs> yeah, collecting be like. Um predicting games that are going to be really expensive on consoles that are not yet out of date but it's funny you said that because i brought up trigon to the cashier at the store and i was just like yeah my buddy's really fucking hated the new trailer but i haven't seen it yet he was just like "Mm, yeah yeah Right. <laughs> That's a good impression of him, yeah. actually. So, uh, you the guy at the store, you'd understand. You know, yeah. yeah. He was just like, well, thanks for coming in. I'm like, all right, I'll fuck. I, I'm sorry I didn't leave sooner. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not a big fan of the CGI anime. You guys talked about that last time. I, uh, I, I think it's, I don't want to say it's lazy because I'm sure it takes more work. Uh, but I, it, for me, it just gets rid of the realistic feel for the anime it's just it's like riley said last episode it just doesn't do it for me it's just like seeing you know older animes is one thing we're not ready to be evolved it's like you don't need to impress us with visual aspects of new anime just make anime that's good i just really don't want to see mgk on my tv as bash i'm probably okay i'm still gonna watch it with an open mind but like it's just shit like that it's like it doesn't have any connection to like the original one to me no right i don't understand like i i don't know i don't know uh for me it's kind of like doing like star wars 
we had to revamp Star Wars twice, twice, yeah, for the kids, you know, for those growing up in that decade. It drives me nuts because you're tarnishing the good name of Vash the Stampede and Trigun. I, yeah. I feel like such a badass character. It, it, you're literally you're like Mason said. You're throwing an MG fucking K skin over something that I really genuinely love. Right now, I'm burning through Outlaw Star. I've got like four episodes left on Outlaw Star. Nice. I've, uh, I started that so long, like fuck, over a year and a half ago, and I didn't even finish it. Oh, it's really good. I it's, think I got to where I was at in Trigon actually, because it's the same amount of episodes. Yeah, it's twenty six episodes. Twenty six episodes. Yeah. So yep. it's Bebop. Uh, so I'm like right now doing this whole Western feel, you know, with the release of with Trigun. I was like, you know, I'm going to burn burn back all the old Western shoot 'em up animes. And I started with Outlaw Star. I was going to revisit Bebop for the 40th fucking time. <laughs> and then I was going to hit up Trigun. But after I saw that trailer, I honestly, for one, I called it. I called the fact that they were going to do CGI because that seems to be the new direction with all this new anime shit. But I, I just, I feel like they, they just fucked this up so bad and it hasn't even come out it's literally sonic yeah it's literally sonic, sonic. <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. waiting i'm waiting for fucking i'm waiting for the community to jump on it and be like down with this because they're also doing it to fully cooly too yeah and that breaks my That's goddamn heart i was it's funny you mentioned fully cooly i really over the last week or so i've thought about watching the second and third season that came out like i really i thought that was one that just kind of like fell off the radar for me like i knew about it and like i should have been a lot more excited than i was about it but i just never fucking looked into it so progressive and alternative uh that 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 would be season i, I don't know if you'd call it two and three of fully cooly and this new one coming out is four or progressive and alternative are one and it's just season two but i felt like um i didn't connect as well to the characters there was a new harakun while there was harakun in the same situation, like there was two space girls and they had two kids. And it was yeah, they kind of alluded to that in the trailer that I saw. I'm not for it. I'm not for it. I want I, the original OG one. Again, I am a stickler for the 90s anime, um, but I, I feel like it just got completely washed. I mean, I just my thing is, too, it seems like they're taking such an iconic series and like putting a uh, whatever is popular right now skin on it. You know what I'm saying? I exactly. don't think yeah. I don't think that's going to hold up is my concern. Not like, to the original fans, though. No. But, you know, then again, they're probably not making it for just original fans. It's, they yeah. Want, they want to capture other audiences, too. Yep. And I those. I don't I don't discredit them for that. I think it's really annoying and the fact that they would do that, but at the same time, I could see why they would be trying to expand their audience overall. Well, yeah, know, get more yeah. people interested in it. Because, you know, people that have never seen the original series might watch that and be like, oh, there's an original series? Right. I'm going to watch that now. Well, yeah, because it's not like you can sit there and rebrand the old 90s Trigun without, one, destroying its its past, but two... You're not you're not breaching out and you know grabbing new audience. You're 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 sticking with the audience that that's already familiar with the show itself. I mean, I, overall, I think it's open to interpretation. Like you can either like take the show for what it is and run with it, or you could watch whatever version you prefer and say that's better. Either way, I think it's only important if like you actually give the show some appreciation. I totally 100% agree. Yeah. And with that, 
You are now listening to, and now I mention everything, I am your fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. To my left... I am the guy in the chair known as <laughs> Riley Wallen, and to my other left... It's your boy, Mason. I am so glad that everybody came to tune in and check us out. Uh, like Riley said on last anime episode, our listenership is out you know, out of this roof. I can't thank you guys enough. You guys are beautiful, uh, and I hope you guys are having a great day. Today's topic, we are talking about Kuzuki... Takahashi. Nice. And I was going to say his last name, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> we are, we are Kuzuki Yu-Gi-Oh. We are talking, as Riley said, as Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, this is such an influential uh, pocket monster show for me. I remember as a kid um, waking up early on Saturday mornings, running downstairs at the Turning crack. Turning on of- your TV and watching w- Kids WB before it fucking came mm-hmm. on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to watch Pokemon. I'm going to watch Mucha Lucha. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this show. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! is going to be on. And I'm going to shit my pants because he's going to pull out the Dark Magician at any fucking point in time. <laughs> 25 minutes later. Dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's always about the heart of the cards. And this show had some fucking insane battles. I thought the idea... It's like... It's almost like Pokemon. It's like you're graduating. From Pokemon to Yu-Gi-Oh, that's it's more that's adult. a really good interpretation of that. I like yeah. that because it's, Pokemon was there before Yu-Gi-Oh, and it was generally the same concept. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh, they kind of brought like it's not just the monster's life now; it's your life if you fucking lose. Yeah, like your soul yeah. is going to be like put into another realm, and you'll just be dead. And and when Pegasus brought up the idea of the Shadow Realm of being it cast aside into this darkness void that you'll never escape from it like it, it brought down the sheer doom and like calamity of how pokemon couldn't bring that light it was just like no. oh you lost the battle guess what get good There's son no and then come back. Like, uh, pikachu's tired feel sorry for pikachu yeah now do it now <laughs> whereas Yu-Gi-Oh, it's just like uh celtic guardian's gonna die again but well, that's kind of yeah, why he okay. was put out that's fine <laughs> exactly he didn't flip horn of the imp in time he did but then they used a magic jammer and it was ineffective <laughs> so it still died I've actually been playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh lately <laughs> on Game Boy Advance. Can't tell, cannot tell. And those are two cards in my deck, and it's kind of helping me relive the nostalgia of the series. Because if we're all being honest, besides Mason here, because you know he's too cool for Yu-Gi-Oh, we at a certain level appreciated Yu-Gi-Oh growing up, and it kind of shaped us into a sort of anime outlet that we could you know use to appreciate other shows of its likeness. Speaking but then of, also play the game by itself. Well, speaking of appreciation too, as well, uh, I would like to tell. Could you tell the listeners why we picked this topic specifically? Ah, uh, yes. Unfortunately, I was going to get to unfortunately, this. Misfortunately, uh, yeah. I just wanted to mention it in the beginning. That's all. Takahashi, uh, unfortunately, just passed away. He was found in Tokyo, Japan, on the side of I. I, I can't remember if it was like a ravine or a bank. It was a bank. Yeah. And he was scuba diving. Mm-hmm. So they're looking into his death right now. We thought it would be appropriate because, like Riley said, it definitely helped shape and mold Riley and I as kids for these pocket monsters. You know, when when Pokemon stopped being cool, Yu-Gi-Oh was there to pick up the pieces. Yeah. It was one of those things, like, as a kid, you know, you have that schedule in life, and you're like, I'm going to get through school all week, but then it's going to be Saturday, I'm going to be off, and I'm going to wake I'm gonna wake up, and I'm going to watch this show. It's like, that was something that it kept you going in it's life. It's like going as to a church. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just <laughs> like, you know, eating, breathing, pooping, peeing, whatever. It's just one of those things that kept you going. And 
The thing of it though is like it just placated like so many minds of the youth because it's just like all we got to do is release the show and then release a card game for it mm -hmm. and all these people will be addicted to it well in 2004 if you don't remember um pokemon was so big at this time we had the we had the pokemon little tiny figurines we had, we had pokemon even games. in the 90s dude yeah. i had a i, had I remember a like pokemon. when pokemon 2000 came out I had, I had a Pokemon bedroom, dude. It was it was painted yellow. Yep. I had Pikachu posters. I thought it was the shit, dude. It was the shit. And you know, once you grow out of that phase, you're looking for something more serious. You're looking for the the Dragon Ball Z, the Berserk, the the the, the good animes, the good shows, and you you run into it's a good transition. It's a good transition. That's how I'll put it. It's a good transition from Pokemon to you know Yu Gi Oh to actual hardcore anime. I mean, it's like slowly growing up. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. It was definitely like an introductory anime into a lot of people's childhoods. And I think that's, you know, for this guy, like, that's what we should be most thankful for. Is that he brought that upon people. Of course, yeah. I'd be like if the creator of Pokemon died. That's how tragic the situation absolutely, is, yeah. you know, for mm -hmm. the anime community. And even those that, like, just watched the anime and didn't read the manga, like, this guy was a fantastic manga author. He had, he had, he had such good connections. There were, uh, he would have little okay so not only did he make some of Yu-Gi-Oh political he had like he dedicated an entire page to get people of Japan to vote mm -hmm. uh he had he had crossovers like bo 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 there was a, there was a, there <laughs> oh, was shit. there was a skit there was a skit where they had the author of bo 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 bo, bo come in and do a page and inside of bobo's afro was Yugi, <laughs> and he was dueling from the inside of Bobo's That's afro. Awesome. Like he just peek in and he's yeah, like, like battling Kaiba. Like, it was kind of like, <laughs> and I'll place one card face down, Kaiba. <laughs> it was kind of like a hatch, so kind of like a, like a Frankenstein style brain where it kind of like leaped over and you. Oh, like, like scary movie too, with yeah. like shorty, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of like that. Um, you know, he he was he was he he did so much for for so many people. And to to die at sixty the way he did, so young, dude. So I've got young. grandparents older than him. Like, I don't know. It must have been a stressful life. A lot of things to keep up on. Yeah, it, it, either that or there was some some funny business, some hanky panky. But we don't know. Regardless, he has a great legacy. Exactly. So, yeah. and, and today we're going to continue covering to live that. on. Yes, yes it will. Now we are. I still have like at least fifty percent of my Yu Gi Oh cards. My I brother do. has the half. No matter what I do, I can't bring myself to get rid of them. We actually went to that the last time I went to that Nerd HQ place with you. That whole fucking Yu-Gi-Oh card book, like I literally wanted to buy like half the cards. Really, there, like, yeah. just on there. Like Eye of Tomitis and stuff. And yeah, just yeah, all kinds just of shit all kinds of good shit. I'm just like, I'm gonna, I want to buy these so bad, but like I know I have no use for them, but like they just mean so much to me that I, I feel like I need them. Right. I mean, it's it's funny that you bring up the cards because. I mean, you mentioned earlier, I'm not a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan. It's not that I'm not a big fan of it. I just was into Pokemon. And at the time, after I graduated from Pokemon, I was really into the card game. So I just went to Magic. So I, I And then I, I saw, saw Yu-Gi-Oh was, was a downgrade. You took the big leap. Yeah, I yeah. thought Yu-Gi-Oh was a downgrade because yeah. I was really into the trading cards. I like playing them, you know. Well, so. to, be, to be fair, it is, a, it is a downgrade in my opinion yeah. whenever it comes to Pokemon's baby level. For not to offend our listeners that do still play Pokemon, it, then yeah. then it goes Yu-Gi-Oh, and then let's be honest here, it's, it's, it's magic. magic. Yeah, it's all about technicality, though. Yeah. Even though Pokemon's an incredible technical fucking card it is, game, yeah, yeah. And and that's another thing that like that that this guy needs to be applauded for. This man, he brought together so many people 
by a simple fucking card game. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. How many how many how many matches have you ever gone to? Did you ever go to the Danville Mall whenever we were growing up and go to the duel tournaments that they used to have? No, but I used to just like duel with my friends at school and then my brother all the fucking time, like every day. I, I remember I had a birthday party one year where like I had everybody bring out their Yu Gi Oh cards and I literally beat like everybody. <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a fun time. They weren't like all as like experienced as me but they all had cards and stuff and i was just like all right let's go you know i think everybody had cards even if you didn't play yeah, I mean, like absolutely. i said i didn't play i had cards i still had for some reason i had yeah the point is this guy was just very influential on society in like you know late 90s early 2000s that you know carries on to a legacy that still continues today so we really applaud this man and you know while we're on air here we'd love to talk about like how we affected our childhood a little bit of history with him mm-hmm. stuff like that so uh kazuki takahashi was born on october 4th in 1961 in tokyo japan i unfortunately don't have much on his childhood but when he started as a manga artist in the early 1980s with short works of various magazines such as weekly shonen sundays and weekly shonen magazines his first major work was tokoki no taka fighting hawk a one-shot published manga in weekly shonen jump in 1990 one of his earliest works i'm gonna butcher this name stephanie and i went through it like five times <laughs> and i still could not get it right uh tenki shoku danji bure was published from 1991 to 1992 and lasted two volumes However, Takahashi considered many of his early works to be a total flop. In 1996, Takahashi launched Yu-Gi-Oh! and Weekly Shonen Jump, where it was serialized in 2004. The series became a huge success and has sold over 40 million copies. The series has also received several media adaptations, notably an anime television series, a trading card game. Takahashi continued to supervise Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise following the end of the original manga's run. Now, we're going to talk about the anime itself. With a total of 224 episodes, not including all the spinoffs it had, five total seasons, three movies, and 12,000 different cards split up into Magic, (laughs) Trap, and Monster cards, and a grand total of 56 video games across all platforms. Four of which I have. (laughs) I was about to say, how many are Game Boy Advance? Like (laughs) 23, actually. So, and, and that's what's crazy. I have two on Game Boy Color, but it's the same game. There, I still have two copies of it. There, there are so many games. There are so many games within the Yu-Gi-Oh realm that I, I remember clear as day. I want to say it was like uh, Duelist Kingdom or something. Battle, Duelist of the Roses. Was it for GameCube? No, it was PS2. This it one might I, have been on GameCube too. I don't this know. This one was GameCube, and you had like live action characters, and you got to like level up your monsters and like create a battle with Merrick and you got to team up with Seto Kaiba at some point And it was insane. Hmm. Like it was by far one of my favorite games on GameCube when it came to Yu-Gi-Oh and you know, even better than Pokemon Coliseum. I'll even say, I think the Yu-Gi-Oh games always kind of hit the nail on the head. Like they didn't really have to delve like too far into the story. It's like, as long as you just get to battle, like the people that you did throughout the show, like, you know, you'll get what you want out of it. Cause I, I've actually recently been playing, um, the eternal duelist soul on game boy advance and like it just has me captivated like i really like can't get away from it and you more or less go through like the first two seasons of the show in it so if you're like an og fan you're like oh, i can appreciate that but like if you want to get into the later stuff you're probably gonna buy like the other three Yu-Gi-Oh games or actually there's like four more Yu-Gi-Oh games on game boy advance <laughs> yeah i cover all the story like they have their own like standalone dungeon dice monsters game 
which I've really wanted to fucking play because I loved the concept of Dungeon Dice Monsters when it came out. And that and that's what fucks me up too because that could that was such a great concept in itself and it did not catch on. Duke like, Devlin. It was maybe maybe Duke. yeah, the like and that's canon to the original anime too. Like Duke that's Devlin, like the last 10 episodes. Uh, it was the whole Dungeon Dice Monsters arc. Well, the uh, I I'm not sure if it was for the actual uh, for the anime itself or the like the Dragon series is that what you're talking about? It was before that. Well, I know because in Battle City he he met he meets Duke Devlin, and that's actually what I was going to talk about as my favorite duel throughout the entire series, even with uh, Moroku, I believe his name was Bakura. I don't, I can't remember his name. It was it was it was it was one of Yugi's friends that was like oh Bakura Bakura. So yeah. Bakura and Duke Devlin were my two favorite characters. Throughout all of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, I thought the concept of the uh, dueling dice was fantastic. It brought a new element to the game. It didn't change much, but it also added a lot. I mean, you also got graceful dice and uh, what was the other one? It was a trap card, uh, yeah. trap dice yeah, or something. Yeah, like demon dice. Or yeah, something yeah, like and that. It, it was such yeah. a cool thing. Like uh, you roll. And I used dice to have both it, of those. I actually I put grateful dice in my deck on that game. I was just talking about that I've been playing. Yeah. And it's just one of those, like, you know, game-changer cards, like, any second. Like, oh, this monster is about to attack you. Bam, flip. Oh, I just got 900 more attack points. Sorry, you're Time dead now. Time to die, boy. So can you explain to me what you're talking okay, about? Okay, so Graceful Dice, Skull Dice. Graceful Dice Skull Dice, Skull yes, Dice. you're right. So Graceful Dice was a spell card that you could play at any point in time. And it, But it was, like, a quick effect spell card. It's like, like an oh, instant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, mid-attack, you play that, you're able to roll a dice, and for whatever number... You roll on that dice, you got points for your attack and defense. Okay, Times cool. 100. Times 100. Nice. It was just your attack, though. Yeah. And then Skull Dice was a trap card, so if somebody was attacking you, you could play Skull Dice, and it would do the opposite. Against their monsters. So, That's like, cool. you'd roll a dice, and you're like, oh... 500 five well you just lost 500 attack and defense points yeah that's a cool ass concept so then yeah. they attack you the monster gets destroyed and they lose life points nice it's just like a quick fuck you card so more than anything one thing that really upset me about uh Yu-Gi-Oh itself uh as a whole as a as a whole market is it didn't the show didn't reflect the game itself what happened in the show wasn't what happens in the game because the game would be so fucking broken it wouldn't be funny like there are times where Yugi plays some crazy shit, and you're like, that's not how that fucking works. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, well, since my Dark Magician's on the field, and we've played so many games together, <laughs> he gets more attack points than your monster. Dude, straight up. It, it was about the <laughs> Or be like, cards. I play Dark Hole, and he's like, well, actually, Dark Magician is happened a, to be a magician, so magic cards don't affect him. But you're like, it's not on the... <laughs> card that's like used in tournaments and everything and he's like oh, i said so <laughs> yugi honestly had probably one of the most powerful talk no jutsus oh hell yeah <laughs> botanicana an herbal hemp company with over 13 years of legal cannabis experience that strives towards educating guests on the health benefits of hemp and cbd products a family-owned farm-to-table business with the goal of making your quality products for your health and becoming your local source for all hemp products. Have questions? Stop by your Tri-State Botanicana locations today in Galena, Dubuque, and now Platteville. Botanicana, open your well-being. Dude, that's one thing I was going to say. Like, when I remember as a kid, I would watch the show and, like, not all the time, but if it was on, I'd watch it. But as Riley was saying, 
Like he would, Yugi would go into these duels and the most ridiculous fucking things would happen that like, that's what threw me off. Cause I was like, there's, this isn't a game. This is not a card game. This is just fucking motherfucker coming in here saying I win <laughs> and then just leaving. <laughs> and I don't know how. <laughs> what the hell do you mean he won? What the hell? It was like, what, what is going on? I had all the health points and yeah. he had five and somehow he won. No, it was, it was such a biased show, dude. It was such a biased show for you. I don't think he lost one time throughout the entire show. That's what I'm saying. That's just he at lost. least Ash is lost. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Ash, Ash was like almost sort of humble because he could never beat like anybody ever. So like he was just all of us as kids, just idiot. Yugi, yeah, Yugi like came out swinging big dick, you know, energy because he was the king of the games. Like that, the Pharaoh Yu-Gi-Oh is a pharaoh, and his his deal is that he's the king of all games. I was about to say, yeah, he was, like, possessed by a god, right? Or some e- shit, e- like, Egyptian, kind of. Egyptian right. pharaoh that was trapped inside the Millennium Puzzle Box that they never fucking explained. <laughs> his bling? Yeah, his bling-bling. <laughs> you know, a little thing around his neck. But uh, they, you know, he, he was so OP with the dumbest fucking cards that you couldn't win any fucking duel with and just come out on top as, like, the reigning big dick champion i always remember he had like one monster it was like a brown puff ball with like green Karibo. feet with little green Karibo. feet yeah Karibo. and and Karibo, <laughs> he had this card that really pissed me off that i brought to a duel one time because in our local mall we had dual tournaments and they had like the separate like massive room and all the nerds had their dual discs and people would dress up like an akatsuki member and show up with a dual disc <laughs> and play it was a real confusing time for anime people but you know they pulled out these dual discs and this guy he was like halfway to summoning like slifer the sky dragon which is a god card and i pulled out karibo and i used his multiple like his uh, he's got this spell and it only works for karibo and it multiplies him but it doesn't do what it does in the TV show. I, was say, I remember seeing that in the show. There's like a yeah. bunch of them. Yeah, there's like a billion of them. And <laughs> the he wins. cards, she's like, oh, you may use two tokens. <laughs> Where yeah. it's just like in the show, he gets like a million Karibos. Yeah. Us talking about this reminds me of the, uh, the, the YouTube where it's Sal and he's fighting Yu-Gi-Oh! And he's yeah, like, ban yeah. card. Band card. <laughs> also band card. <laughs> Banned in 2004. <laughs> yeah. Like pot of greed. He just gives up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, even after all this time, Yu-Gi-Oh! has been done, it's still going. It's still, it's still bringing people to the table, man. It's still bringing life. There's still video games being fucking made. There was a game just like six months ago that was made. It's insane. You think they're going to continue with the IP? Now that he's dead, they've uh, they've done it this long. I could see it happening. Yeah, I think where it's gotten now, as far as the card game goes, it's not even really like its own separate entity anymore. It's basically magic. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what takes away my interest from it. I I've wanted to keep on it. Like I've wanted to like learn like the new ways to play, but I just can't do it. Like it's it's too against what was like engraved in my fucking psyche from just yeah. watching the show and playing it as a kid. So. If there's any uh, original Yu-Gi-Oh! duelists out there, I will happily take your bitch ass on. <laughs> God, we, like, always challenge people. <laughs> dude, I'm still waiting for Holden McNeely for Elden Ring, dude. Yeah. Or, or not Elden Ring, but Dark Souls 3. I've still been waiting for that fucking email in my goddamn box, dude. We got we have 6,000 followers, and not one of them fucking knows him. Like, let's go, people. 
Let's fucking go. I'm ready to get this shit off the fucking ground. Uh, do you have a favorite duel? Like, mine is obviously Duke Devlin, and the last time that he fights broke or what is it? Bakora. Bakora. I was going to say Broku, but that's... Karapika. <laughs> you, you had all the right letters. So, to be, fair, to be fair, I'm pretty sure when I was reading the history of the man himself, I said Yoshihiro Tagashi. I might have said Tagashi when saying his name. That's a common Japanese last name. Because they're so goddamn close, yeah. and I did so much research on the Yu No, Haka it was show. Togashi, not Tagashi. <laughs> yeah, fucking tell me. So, do you, have a, do you have a good... I mean, your favorite duel? If I had to pick one, it's definitely the last duel that Yugi has with darts in season three of Yu-Gi-Oh. And that, if you're not familiar with that, that is the arc after the Battle City arc. So it goes, it goes Duelist Kingdom, Battle City, um, then the Dark. It's like the Ori Kalkos arc. Ori Kalkos. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So Ori Kalkos is the last one, I believe. Ori Kalkos, and then the for the original series, yes, yes, the original. So it's the first one where it's like the the prologue, and it's like twenty episodes long. It's it's like them the hype up to to Pegasus to them going to Duelist Kingdom and stuff. Yeah, then it's Duelist Kingdom, and then it's Duelist City, which Kaiba throws after Pegasus gets defeated, yeah. and then the Seal of Ori Kalkos, which is the uh, which is the last one where it's just people coming out of the fucking woodworks trying to kill you. Yeah, it's like, like you've seen these OG guys. Them. Yeah, like yeah, like. They're like, we're building up souls to summon a demon back type story arc. It's like not a card game anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, dude. no, it's like life or death. It's like anytime like they're dueling one of the people that's a part of the cult, like they play the card and they're like, all right, everything's on the table now. Like either you're going to die or I'm going to die. But right. most likely you're going to die. <clears throat> nice. yeah, and the Seal of Ori Calcos, it is such an OP card in the actual game. And I actually have the card. Yeah, it's, nice. it's OP. <laughs> so you play this card and it, it offers you a bunch of attack and it summons a seal on their forehead. And the big arena gets one. And you I'll show you the sequence later. It's pretty hype. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Yugi actually loses a fight throughout the, throughout the entire. But he doesn't, he doesn't die. His Yami side of him dies and gets sealed into it. The the kid or no, is it? It's, it's the, the other way version. around. Yeah, the Yugi version gets sealed, but the Yami version doesn't. And he just huh. he takes it all the way home, dude. He battles the leader of everything, and he uses the cards. Like he loses like everybody. Yeah. In this arc, like Joey, Taya, Tristan, like everybody. We'll get to those people here okay. in a little Kaiba, <laughs> Mokubo. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to those guys here in a little bit. So uh, to explain the anime itself. The anime comes from Studio Toei Animations. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Toei? Big ass fucking animation <laughs> company. Didn't they make One Piece or didn't something? They have like a, isn't it a cat? Shh, don't talk about like Toei a, Animations. Like a Bob Ross painter hat? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it is about an ordinary high school student named Yugi Moto who assumes mystical powers when playing a mysterious card game. When blonde, spiky-haired Yugi, a weak and unassuming teenager, and his trash-ass friends solve the mysterious... <laughs> <laughs> his Solve. friends are pretty trash dude they're so lie. garbage yeah. solve the mysterious millennium puzzle he is granted a special power that is activated when he plays dual monsters transformed into his alter ego Yu-Gi-Oh, king of games he finds himself engaged in shadow games against opponents from his past and present Yugi and friends must find a way to stop the evil or be thrown into the shadow realm forever Following in the footsteps of the massively successful Pokemon trading card game, Yu-Gi-Oh! became a national and ultimately worldwide sensation, spawning several animated television series and featured films along a vast array 
of licensed merchandise, which they sold the fuck out of. Oh, yeah. Holy 100%. shit. 100%. Yeah. Holy shit. What a fucking market, bro. I always wanted the dual disc as a kid the most. I had um, one. I had one. I remember Is that the, little, the thing you wear in your arm. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. like flips and folds out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. And I remember I was with, with I was with one of you guys like not too recently at GameStop in town, and I saw that there, and they wanted like a hundred and thirty dollars for it. And I, I think it was you. I was I just like, it, I think I remember. I'm that, like, dude, yeah. that's literally all the money I have in my bank right now. But I'm almost willing <laughs> to do it. You like you like regressed to like young you when you saw it, and then I went like <laughs> back a week later, and it was gone. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I should have bought it. Yeah, I remember showing up at uh, at uh, BC Collectibles, which is the card shop in the mall in our in Riley and I's hometown. We would go over to this like little section that they bought off, and they had like dual tournaments there. And they it, like this was like the height of uh, dual city, and basically you had nerds galore. I mean, there were people, like, with the dual disc that took it so serious. Like, every time they grabbed the card, they had to, like, stare at it for a couple seconds. <laughs> like, kind of what Mason does. And, and then like, look at you eye. and smirk. <laughs> they smirk, and they're like, I'm not going to play this card yet, but it's <laughs> fucking coming. I remember being a kid, like, around the time those got popular, and I went to uh, my buddy Kendall's birthday party, and we all brought our, our, dual, our decks out and everything, and, like... He had just happened to have two of those. So, like, there would be people in, like, the corners having their own, like, tabletop duels. And then it'd be, like, me and somebody else with the dual disc <laughs> on. And I'm, like, trying to use it. And I keep, like, leaning down. And, like, all my cards are fucking falling <laughs> off. And I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of shitty. But it feels really cool. It feels right. like we're in the show right now. <laughs> that was, like, the coolest part. Um, you know what's, uh, what's, what's crazy is I actually didn't know the show itself had an end. I thought it just kind of stopped at the dragon. They had a whole separate movie for the ending of the show. They did. Yeah. Yes. And it looks incredible. I have not seen it. It looks incredible. Like, I'm talking, like, top-of-the-line fucking animation. It was all by him. Like, he did everything for it. And it nice. looks fucking insane. Like, it would keep up with most animes today. Hmm. This was done in, like, I think 2012 or something. Nice. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely. Hey guys, it's Tom with the Magic Wand from Misfortunate Media. If you made it this far in the episode, we stopped for a beer run, but check out our other shows, our deep dive show, Morning Cup of Chaos, our anime show, Now I Mention Everything, and our new show, Meta Misfortune. You can check us out on any streaming platform or anywhere you listen to your podcast. So we have some honorable mentions of the show. Um, somewhat the tie into the original series, but like, I don't know if Riley's ever seen any of them. I wouldn't doubt it. But I also would doubt it because they were absolute trash. I mean, GX was like, okay. I So I tried to watch GX when it came out, and for some reason I only made it like two episodes. And I just gave up. I'm so, just like, nah, I can't do it. So these are the honorable mentions. These are the side spinoff shit that, you know, it still has his name. These are still his cards. These are still the monsters. But they they're different. They add synchros and and it just gets so complicated that it's almost not the same game that we grew. It's almost completely not the same game that we grew up with playing. So we have five D GX Zeal Arc V Go Rush Sevens and Vrans. GX in my opinion was the only show that I gave a shot to. It's Yu Gi Oh but high school version, and you're ranked by the colored jacket you have. And it's ranked off the god cards. So Slifer's the bottom, Obelisk is, you know, middle tier, and Raw is the top. 
Uh, and it follows this kid who is in uh, Slifer's class, and he's you know a really good duelist. He ends up actually meeting Yugi at the very end, and he actually duels him. It's a really cool last episode, goodbye to the whole show. But that was the only show I actually gave a chance to. I tried to watch 5D, and it was a bunch of duelists on, on motorcycles. <laughs> Weird. It, it didn't It didn't make sense. So that's always kind of been the callback to my friends and I that appreciated young Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, we'll have a similar conversation and be like, but now you got these fucking guys on motorcycles <laughs> dueling side by side as they race on a track, like... This isn't even a fucking card game show anymore. Like it's just elevated to a whole nother level. It it does. It like and I didn't I don't know what the other ones are. I don't know. I haven't watched them. I didn't even know there were that many. Like straight up, I was like, oh, there's several s- series TV adaptations. What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I thought it stopped at five D, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh no, there's a lot more of a shit show. Like what's up with this? Uh, the five D's of dueling. I don't. I Deck. Don't, Duel, draw, deck, and draw. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what to do after the bike thing. I saw. I'm pretty sure I like. It was one of those days where I'm, you know, up really late. I, I stay up past Adult Swim and Toonami or uh, Cartoon Network kicks in at night into the morning, mm-hmm. and 5D was on. I was like, I don't know what's going on they're on motorcycles it's like nascar but not <laughs> <laughs> they're like dueling and fighting each other it's while like nascar bikes. but with pokemon <laughs> Dude, it, exactly it's yeah. really fucking weird I, I i don't i can't speak for the other shows i have no way of even remotely getting on top of the rest of the shit show that was Yu-Gi-Oh. if any of our listeners have and they recommend it let us know absolutely yeah is it worth our time or is it not we are very, our time is very valuable, by the way. One hundred percent, dude. I'm on nine seventy. By the way, thank you, Mason, for remembering how far I was on One Piece. I'm at nine seventy <laughs> on One Piece. I barely have time to get to a thousand. So, like, just keep that in mind. <laughs> right? Is it is it worth postponing One Piece? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been binge watching Outlaw Star and One Piece. Just just figure it out. Uh, so to finish off the the Yu Gi Oh portion of the show, um. We have a quote here that I'm going to have Riley read. Oh, God. Now you're putting me on the spot. Riley is my best friend, and I want to hear what he has to say about this man and his final words to his audience, which I think is beautiful. He had a, he had a goodbye. It was the last manga that he wrote. Oh, okay. And it was a whole page, and this was the last page. God damn, you're going to make me cry right now. Motherfucker. All right. Well, to honor this man's words, I will so eloquently put this as best I could. Good luck. Fuck, I almost had it. Aw, oh, shit, what the Get the fuck out of the way! Hey, fuck you, man, I'm trying to skate here. Hey, man, fuck. what's wrong? Dude, there's nowhere good to fucking skate. I keep busting my ass on, like, concrete and sidewalks. I'm just tired of it, dude. I hate this town. Why don't you go to Hollywood? Hollywood? What the hell is that? It's an all-action, sports-friendly, 8,000-square-foot indoor skate park in Dubuque, Iowa, with 2,000 of that in a separate area, which can also be used for party rentals. Open six days a week, and we'll be doing an all-age show coming up here in the near future. Oh, shit, man. Thanks. I might have to check that out. Yeah, they're at 3125 Cedar Crest Ridge B. And when you go there, use the code MISFORTUNATE for a half-off lesson or $5 off a day pass, which is normally $20. Oh, thank God they have lessons. I can't skate with shit. Hey, me too! Nice! Quote 
for seven long years I've traveled with Yu-Gi-Oh. I think I've been able to draw the themes I've wanted to express, but as I end the series, my main concern is whether I've transmitted my message to my readers. From the moment Yugi put together the Millennium Puzzle, the other self appeared in his heart. The time needed to explore two main characters turned this into a long time series in our daily life. We never get to see ourselves except by standing in front of a mirror, but even a mirror won't reflect our hearts. The games that the characters play were not played facing monitors, but facing other people. The opponents they played were the movers that reflected their hearts in a basic sense. They fought each other's spirits because this was a manga. It was deeply colored by the battle between good and evil. But I think the basis of the game was to clarify what lies between people. I think this was the reason that the Yu-Gi-Oh card game became so successful all over the world in my mind. Yu-Gi-Oh has been completed, but throughout the world, many people are taking my work and the cards in their hands in gratitude. For that, I'd like to prolong the world of Yu-Gi-Oh for just a little while longer. I borrowed the end of this book to thank all of those who have participated in this world. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Kazuki Takahashi, April 14th, 2004. That was his last manga for Yu-Gi-Oh. That was the last thing he said to his, his viewers or listeners or readers that was or it. players. Or players. Yeah. Like, that was it. I mean, that was that was the be-all, end-all for that show. This guy really put his heart and soul into everything that was this IP, I guess you could say. I could just tell from what you read. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> and that's why I felt so compelled to add it to our story, because the, the absolute very end when he was talking about... You know, I just I just want to hold on to this moment for a little bit longer and prolong it. Like that hit home. You know, it brought people together. It made a whole ass community based around these pocket monsters, based around this card game, and it it made friends. I mean, I could I couldn't count the friends I've made playing stupid fucking games online or whatever. But I definitely remember those encounters at the mall with the that fucking asshole wearing the Akatsuki outfit with the dual disc. <laughs> pulling out the fucking Exodia halfway through the fucking duel. Dude, I'm, you just gotta admit, that guy was more animated than you'll ever be. Uh, dude, absolutely. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't have, like, bitches just swarming him when he <laughs> walked in think. the fucking I room. Mean, it's just that's usually what I, happens how many game stops do you think he runs right now uh, all of them <laughs> <laughs> he holds the most stock in them stonks <laughs> so we're at the end of our episode i hope you guys have enjoyed our episode about Yu-Gi-Oh. i hope you guys learned something from this because that is what we're ultimately going for yes we're about the comedy yes we're about the the ha-has and the funny improvs that we do but at the end we're all about the knowledge if you're not walking away from with something from this episode, we fucking failed you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you guys have been fantastic. We have been getting sponsorships out the fucking wazoo. We just had a sponsorship meeting with Botanica. Uh, they have given us shirts, merchandise, all kinds of shit. If you haven't checked them out, they have locations in Platteville, Galena, and Dubuque. Uh, I, I can't thank them enough for seeing what we see and what you guys see in us. Uh, you know, with that, I, I, we do have a listener email that I really want Mason to read right now. It is about the 2004 town car Lincoln episode that we did <laughs> for mom. And I think, I think you guys are going to get a kick out of it, but it's so it's, for those that of you that don't remember, we actually covered a news story in that episode about a woman suing Geico for getting an STD in an automobile, which we did not think was possible. But we've got some of the best feedback we could have ever received from it. The message we got from one of our listeners, Riley, reads, Afternoon. 
I was listening to this episode and wanted to chime in regarding the lawsuit that was talked about. For context, I work at an insurance broker and have a better understanding than most about insurance coverage. If this policy covered auto liability, the damage you cause to others, this person could have legal grounds to stand on. If the insurance policy does not specifically define the term damages to others and also does not contain a virus exclusion, then the person who contracted the HPV has every right to sue. It is the same concept regarding general liability coverage. If you slip in someone's driveway, they are liable for your damages. As the pure existence of your property has introduced insurable risk. Hope that helps. Happy arguing and stay misfortunate. Peppermint Patty. So, to Peppermint Patty, thank you guys so much. We have 6,000 listeners. And she was the first person to actually send us like a good response to one of our stories. Yeah, guys, and we would definitely appreciate more of that. Hell yeah. By I all want means. More. Come come on. Send send what you got. Tell me how you feel. Bring it on. Whether it's good, it's bad, we want to hear it all. And we also have one of our first gifts that we got to the studio itself. We got a gift of three posters and a tie in bag or a, a tie bag. Yeah. Uh from uh, a good friend, Dustin Murphy. Uh, I we cannot thank him enough. You guys have, like I said, you guys have been awesome with the the following, the listening, the sharing, the providing information to those who fucking need to stay misfortunate. I can't thank you guys enough, and I love you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are awesome. And from that, we are. And now I mentioned everything. Don't forget to check out our LinkedIn tree on our Instagram, Facebook, and basically anywhere you can get your podcast. Share, report, do whatever you got to fucking do. And get us out there, right, and, baby? And, and your boys got a bus and TikTok now. <laughs> That's We're right. We're working on that fucking We're TikTok, gonna, You're going to follow us on the TikTok, and you're going to see some things that will make your day. For I am your fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. I am your humble host, Riley Wallen. And to my left, I have the one and only illustrious... Your boy, Mason. Stay misfortunate. And stay animated. Oh, shit. We're on the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Hey, we're out. <laughs>